Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is the Best Hang Podcast featuring Max Kerman, Shane Cunningham, and I am Mike Bierman. Welcome to the Best Hang Podcast. We got Max, we got Shane, I am Mike. Max, where in the world are you right now? Shane and I are back at the office, uh, so we're we're here uh-huh. at our day jobs. We're recording together in the same room. Max, where are you calling mm. in from? We're, we're in Calgary, uh, Alberta right nice. now. We, uh, we've had kind of a wild five days. We were in Halifax for two shows. One was a public event. One was a private event. Uh, then we did a gig in Miramichi, New Brunswick, which is four hours away from Halifax. We at right after the show, we went right to the Moncton Airport, and then we flew to uh, Calgary, where we were, we're doing some uh, promo uh, today. We also went to the Michael Bublé concert last night in Calgary. Uh, no big deal. We got on the guest <laughs> list. Michael put us on the guest list himself, and. Uh, yeah, we're 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 going. We're in it. Uh, but how are how are you guys doing? Uh, so Shane, wait, you're wait, done wait, your wait, work wait, sabbatical. Wait, wait. wait a second. Oh, this yeah. this Buble, I saw footage of this Buble concert. It looked mm-hmm. like he was looking yeah. at your group directly. Was he was he like during a song actually sort of like dancing at you, Max? What was going on there? I thought he might be, but then I texted him after the show and he's like, you made it. I didn't think you'd make the show. So it turns out he wasn't looking <laughs> at us, which, which is a good thing for me to remember because I can just like look really intensely in a general direction when I'm on stage and like probably 30 people will think that I'm looking right at them dead in the eye. So it's, mm. a, it's a good thing for me to remember. Um, but yeah, the, um, the weekend was good. Have you guys ever been out to Halifax before? Yeah. Yeah, a couple I'm times. Not, I think so. I consider Newfoundland and how, uh, PEI, all that to be the exact same place. So I always say I've been there, but 
I might not. I have been there. Yes, yeah. I have been there. To East help Coasters out. love to hear that. That they're all just amalgamated into one giant. It's lump. like the territories. What's the White Horse and Yukon? <laughs> whatever. Yeah. They're all the same. Yellowknife. Yeah. In my mind. In my mind. My uneducated yes. mind. I'm yes. an uneducated man. But is that the one with Bicycle Thief? The restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. That's Halifax. Yes, I like it there. <laughs> I like how you know that's the only thing you know about the East Coast is that the restaurant bicycle. Thief no, there's <laughs> also like there. a uh, people play fiddles underneath this one uh, bar. They're all jumping around at the one bar that's famous. Kind of oh, near yeah. the bicycle. What's that thief. called? The Lower Deck or something? Yes, like that? that's it. Upper Deck, it might See, be called. Might be called Lower Deck. She knows a lot about how Yes. Yeah. You know, there's fish and lobster uh, out there. Yeah, they, uh, you know all about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the show was good. Uh, Miramichi was interesting. We uh, our transportation uh, got screwed up, and like the the people supposed to drive us from Halifax to Miramichi didn't show up. So we're waiting in the lobby uh, the following morning, ready to like drive to the show to go right into soundcheck, and just nobody showed up, and we uh, had to make other arrangements. Uh, we basically had to take like six airport limos, five hours <laughs> oh, <laughs> to Miramichi. Wow. Uh, but then right after the show, we needed to get ourselves to Moncton because that's where we were flying out of. And they basically sent a stripper party bus. I don't know if you saw <laughs> Wait, they sent you I a stripper in a party bus? <laughs> Welcome, no, no, Markels. It was a part. It was a party bus, but it had a stripper pole in the back. You oh, know, like those party oh, buses. This is your classic rider. Like, yeah. <laughs> did you yeah, use it right. or did anyone use it? Well, it's funny because we got on the bus the and they were just playing Louis Armstrong, <laughs> Wonderful World. I think to myself, what a wonderful world. And then Tony started dancing and it was good. Um, but yeah, we got to we got to Calgary yesterday. Um, I realized that Buble was playing. So I texted him on the plane and I don't want to name drop here, but Buble and I are on a texting basis. How'd you get his number? And what? How'd you get his number in the first place? Mm, I think he was commenting on some of our like TikToks or Instagram. And then we started DMing and he just gave me his number. And he actually, he called me the day after the Junos a few months ago, uh, just to congratulate me. He was like in the car with his wife and we like talked for 15 minutes. He was just oh like God. super, super nice. Um, but, uh, basically I texted him on the plane. I was like, Hey, we're going to be in town. Uh, I saw your plane tonight. Uh, can we come to the show? He's like, Oh, that'd be awesome. But he, he was so sweet about it because, you know, I, I think, um, he knows what it's like to be a touring musician and not actually want to go to a show because sometimes you don't actually want to go out, right? So, I'm not to not to read personal messages, but I know that's a theme of this show now. <laughs> of course, yeah. there's no um, secrets. But he's like, he's like, oh, when'd you get in? He's like, um, the last thing you probably want to do is go to a show, but if you feel like it, I'd love to have you. I'm on at eight fifteen, and trust me, I don't take it personally if you don't come. I understand better than anyone, dude. We live in stinky hockey arenas and work our asses off. It's hard to stay healthy. I always feel so bad when people want me to come places because I find it hard to explain that I'm trying to save myself for shows. The energy you expend is enormous, but if you do come, I'll set you up in a safe place where no one can bug you. Have some popcorn, beer, or a coke. Make it real easy for you. So it's just like you're just like, oh, I never thought Any about that. Uh, never mind. <laughs> You're right. I'll pass. No, but I'm I'm typically a bit of a buzzkill on tour. Like I don't do it. Like there's so many times where I want to go out after the show, but if I have like three or four more shows right after, I'm like, I just gotta go to bed because if I if I tie one on, I'll just be so fucked for the next day. But um we all went. We went out for dinner and Tony, Mike, Ash, Tom, and Ernesto and our sound man, Chris Kaplinski, we we got seven tickets for the show. They were front row, right on the catwalk. And I got to, have you guys ever like 
fucked with Buble before? Like, have you guys ever Def- really like defined the into term his material? Got into his material. <laughs> um, I like. Just haven't met you yet. Um, that's a good song. And it's a great it, song. It, that's the one we dancing around with that that blonde woman in the supermarket, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I think that's and the I one. like yeah. his uh, his commercials. Some of them have been pretty good with the uh, bubbly. Yeah, he's a very uh, charismatic guy. He has he has one really good song. I think it's a cover that I, I like listening to where it's like, uh, oh, oh, oh. Actually, the Beatles covered it in the Get Back movie. Um, they covered oh. a Buble song? They, no, it's like a Drifters song from like 62. <laughs> I was going to say. And the Beatles, it's like, and if you, I'm the one who's taking you home. It's like, I, I'll be the one who's taking you home. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. But save the last dance for me. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. do you know that one? But the, the Beatles do a version I, of it in Get Back, and then Buble has like a very famous cover of it. Do you know the one? Uh, sort of. I don't know. And I'm I'm not sure. in, in whose arms you're gonna be if you the, the, the last dance for me. Anyway, it's a good song. Um, but speaking of the Beatles, actually, I remember. I, uh, probably this is maybe within the last year. I was texting Buble, and he was. Recording with Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney basically, I think, wrote a song for Buble to record, and and uh, and McCartney produced it. So he's like, "Dude, I'm in New York City with Paul McCartney." Sometimes I think about like, you know, like the access I have to famous people, and then and then you think about Buble and the access that he has to famous people. I mean, he's a very famous person himself. Yeah. Have you ever read about that session between him and Paul? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think it went that smooth. It, like Buble tells a funny story. I think he either made a suggestion about changing the song, and Paul was like, "No, no, no, we'll do it the way that it's written." Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I would, I, we're using my phone right now to do your thing, but I would have looked it up. But I think he shares a story about being in that session to record the cover of that Paul Mc- or the, the song that Paul wrote. Yeah. It's, yeah, very candid uh, sort that, of Buble story. So is McCartney his Buble? <laughs> That's a good question. Like to what, to what Buble is to you, is McCartney that to him? Maybe, maybe. But okay, but speaking of that, he, he had honestly <laughs> the show. Moving along. What? <laughs> No, no, nothing. About? I'm just being dismissed here, Max. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> Go on with your thought. Um, he had so many great stories uh, throughout the whole show. Like it, the show is like, he's obviously a great singer and his band is excellent. And it's like the production is very impressive. It's like the big catwalk and there's a curtain and there's like a, a set at the front where he can do like an in the round section. Like he has all the bells and whistles, but the show truly is just his banter. Like his, like, honestly, like the crowd is older. It's, it's sort of like, you like, you know, it's sort of a traditional type of music. That's like, you don't think there's going to be much edge to it, but his storytelling, he has the beats of a stand-up comedian. And I, the whole time I'm, I'm thinking sort of about you, Mike, about who is his Mike Veerman, who is writing these bits for <laughs> Buble to talk about on stage because, because there were like every part of the show was perfect and like he knows exactly what he's going to say but he says but if you're you know if you don't go to too many concerts you just think he's saying this off the lid so he has all these stories he's like i'm trying to remember a few he was like um he was talking about how he he uh met and did a record with tony bennett and it went like it was a worldwide number one smash and you know he's like i stand on the shoulders of all my heroes and you know i steal from elvis presley and i steal from tony bennett and i steal from frank sinatra and i was and i felt very like sort of insecure and a little nervous about talking to tony bennett about this and he goes hey kid if you steal from one person it's just that's that's called being a thief but if you steal from everybody that's called research. 
right. Which is a great line, which I'm going to steal. It is good. It's good. Uh, Shane, you didn't think that was good? I think Mike could have come up with something better, but yeah, I'm I'm a big Mike head. Um, um, I I also love Max. Like you did this with Heim. Like when you see a really good bit and you get excited and energized about it, you love to come on and do it on the podcast. It's like we get their bits oh my God. through the Max filter, which is always like a fun thing. <laughs> also, I'm gonna steal that when we were walking out and Mike D was joking. He was like, "We should steal that bit where um." Where basically I I tell the story as if I had the conversation with Tony Bennett. Yes. No. Or or I th- I was just gonna say like you know there's that famous thing in the office where it's like you you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't make and then it's like Wayne Gretz like Michael Scott like basically he gives himself the credit. It'd be funny if in the shows you do the whole story imitating Michael Bublé imitating Tony Bennett. So it's all like a version of a version. You're like, so I was listening to Michael, yeah. Michael Bublé was telling me this story. Of course it's at the show. They don't know this. And then you just tell it as if do your Michael Bublé impression. And then you do Michael Bublé doing yeah. Tony Bennett. It's kind of like um, a copy of a copy of a copy. Like, you know? Yeah. I, I, I got more if you want. Do you want to hear any more? Yeah, of course. <laughs> do it <laughs> well okay i, I i'm uh, he uh oh yeah he he did make a funny joke about how he was thanking the troops uh like and our all of our service people um and he was like you know now with uh don cherry off the air someone's gotta thank the troops <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a bit of a risky joke. That's really good. Um, He also said, uh, he he also does this thing where he he starts off with something like very, very, very serious. And then there's a punchline at the end and in the room. So basically he was wiping his face the entire time. Like he was very hot on stage. You could tell it was pretty warm in, in the saddle dome where he was playing. And he was like, you know, my father told me, uh, you know, when you do an act of charity, when you do something good for somebody else, you don't talk about it because it, it cheapens the experience, you know. But uh, today I'm going to talk about something I did because it affects us all. Um, with the proceeds for tonight's concert, uh, they're going to go to getting air conditioning in the fucking saddle dome. Where's the air conditioning? <laughs> <laughs> and he had another final bit. Okay, I'm not getting any laughs at this. Shane, if you were there, you would have been eating I agree. the palm of his <laughs> And hand. I do think the medium we is the message. Dying. We're all melting uh, for him. But, you know, right now, I'm not in the Saddle Dome. It's not hot. I'm not thinking this is an off-the-cuff remark. I'm not appreciating the organic nature. Uh, and the timing matters. But, yeah, I think right now it sounds a little hack, but I bet in the moment it killed. Wow. And okay, hacks, hacks one, a dirty word. Okay, it's not necessarily one. bad. Yeah. Okay. He, he he does this thing where he at the very end of the show he thanks everybody. He thanks his amazing band. He th- he travels with 130 crew over 52 countries. They did 200 shows. He says, Ah, you know there there's so many great Canadians in my crew, and people tell me, Oh, Buble, you got the nicest, most empathetic crew. He thanks the people working in the arena, all the people that he met in the hallways. He does the whole thing, and then he goes, But you know what? Words are cheap. And, you know, actions speak louder. And Buble is famously uh, a Canucks fan. He's from Vancouver. And so and then all, so he goes, words are cheap. Actions speak louder. And then somebody like in the pit throws him a Calgary Flames jersey <laughs> and he puts on the Flames jersey. And that makes everyone go fucking wild because everybody knows that he would hate the Flames. It pains him to put on, on another Flames jersey. Shirt. Yes. It pains him to put it on. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it was awesome, though. The man's it was a like, comedic genius. It was, it was just and there's really, no arguing that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, I love, uh, I do, I am a fan. He is very like, he's sort of like just pure charisma. You know, he seems like somebody you'd want mm. to be around. And it feels like his show yeah. sort of embodies that. Yeah, totally. And it, well, the other thing it just made me appreciate is that um, I'm just such a sucker for like a well-prepared scripted show. And at most concerts, there's a lot of like meandering and dilly-dallying and awkward moments between stuff. And you can always tell the singer doesn't know exactly what he wants to talk about. And I'm always trying to fix that. And I, I'm not nearly on the level of Buble, but I think about it a lot. So to go to a show that's just so locked in, and I guess that's a, a traditional uh, Vegas kind of show, right? Like yes. that's the thing what made those old school performers so good is that they were great singers, but they also had fucking jokes. And they were like, the band was like so locked in and ready to go at their command. Uh, so I don't know. Do you, have you guys ever been to a show like that where you're like, okay, maybe this isn't my favorite style of music or comedy, but like you just, the respect for the, for the artistry and the preparation, uh, was just very impressive. Yeah. I think most shows are like that, but I also appreciate someone like Julian Casablancas, who's almost doing the exact opposite of that and being, being confident in meandering. I'm jealous of, yeah. I find if there is a prolonged silence. I can't live within it and be comfortable. I have them, but I'm not comfortable within them. And I find Julian can just talk about nothing, pause for five seconds, laugh at himself and still be the coolest guy in the room. And that I'm more in awe of rather than the show men mm. like Jay Leno types. I'm more in awe of a Letterman type. Julian Casablanca is from the Strokes, not Julian Foreman of our friend group. Just in case anybody didn't realize Casablanca is. Oh, sorry. I thought I said Casablanca. You did. You did. I'm just letting people know in case they're thinking we're talking about our friend Julian, who is also comfortable, uh, I think, in silence. uh, Is he? Or would he really need to go for the bit? I think he goes for the bit. I think what Greg always famously points out about Julian is he will never be not the last person to text. So if you're texting a back and forth with him, Julian makes sure he gets the last word in because he never wants anyone to feel like they've been left on red. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Do you think Julian Castlemichus though is actually like, do you think he gets nervous with the silence or do you think he like just basks in it? I think he basks in it. And I think he's learned to be comfortable with what maybe at one point in his life he felt was awkward. I think mm. it's a good lesson for us all to yeah. not be embarrassed. But but you're you're more of a Jay Leno type, right? Like that's that's your vibe. Well, I don't want to if Jay Leno's the re- the reference of all the references. You why think, Jay Leno? Well, Le- Leno is the company man who's very uh, he gets those jokes in. And he's very showbiz, and Letterman is kind of the guy who will have the stammering and the pausing and the moments of awkwardness. Actually, Arkells have a bit where we do a statue. Uh, on stage, so like during the final hit of knocking at the door before we launch into the the last chorus, uh, that's me. Dong. And then we do this bit where we freeze on stage. Yes. And and then the crowd usually gets excited. And in Halifax, I just got so into the into the freeze that I, I probably was up there for a minute and a half of just pure nothing. I mean, the crowd was losing their minds, so it did feel pretty cool. Of course. But, uh... <laughs> and a minute and a half in a moment like that is so long. Like a minute and a half so doesn't long. seem long, but it's like, that's long in a moment like that. It feels long. And you just, yeah. you just, well, wait, they were going nuts or they were, they were, they are statues too. Don't you do a bit where the crowd is also still? The crowd is statues, but this is just with us statues and they, they and go the nuts. Oh, got soon. you. But this got is you. your example yeah. of being awkward. It feels like a very showbiz bit though, too. <laughs> and like you're putting it on TikTok and you know, 
<laughs> it did look great on TikTok, so, though. So do you think I should uh, try to do some more subversive uh, comedy? It's not who you uh, are. Or, it's not who you are. I think mm. that I think there's a di- I think that there is a good like medium between like super show busy like you know Jay Leno is like sort of like a he's a professional comic he comes out he does hits his marks he does this and then there's kind of like Julian who's on the other spectrum Julian Casablanca it would seem I and then I think there's this kind of other thing that is kind of like like you said, like old Vegas, old Hollywood. It's kind of like what I like about Steve Martin and Martin Short. It feels like they have mm. their bits, or maybe even like Mulaney and Nick Kroll. You know, it's like yeah. it's like there's this thing where it's like it feels unscripted, but it's completely like in the pocket. But they're talented enough that if something kind of goes off the rails, they can like roll with it. But you know, you're in mm-hmm. good hands for like an hour and a half or two hours, where it's like they've thought out this show completely they're gonna give it to me it's really funny you know especially with buble it's kind of like that you said that dean martin thing where it's like you're gonna sing a song you're gonna do a joke you're gonna love it it's like there's a place for that kind of entertainment but it is interesting in the rock world how that manifests like is there like buble's music is very vegasy and like you said his crowd is older you're still making pop hits you know it's like Mm -hmm. like does like do any like i'm trying to think of what how that manifests with somebody like you know Chris Martin or Brandon Flowers, you know? Well, I, I, okay, this is a good, yeah, because I, I identify with so many different types of personalities. And to Shane's point, it's like, who did I see last is who I'm sort of like lifting from. Yeah. But, um, but it, because, you know, sometimes I see like Brandon Flowers on stage and I just want to like try to sort of convey that, that style of charisma, which isn't particularly like funny or schmoozy. It's just like more serious rock guy. And then, and then sometimes you see Chris Martin, who is very joyful and is there to really make people feel good. Lately, um, Matt Healy from the 1975. I think. Do you know anything about the 1975? I've seen them actually. I think they they, they have a song that's chocolate, right? Bud Stage. I ended up at a Bud yeah. Stage show that they were at. I think I don't know. I got a free ticket. And I went to drink, but yeah, they're good. Okay, they're. Fucking awesome. They're one of my favorite bands. And I think you guys should both follow him specifically on Instagram because he's very funny and he does, he sort of lives in this realm of where he almost can't be canceled because people are just so used to him saying crazy, funny, dumb shit. And he's just developed such a rapport with his audience and the media that nobody goes after him. And he doesn't really like sort of, um, he, he doesn't convey righteousness. He, he's like, look, I'm, I'm a silly person who's a former heroin addict and I'm from Manchester or he's from somewhere, I think in the North of England. And so he, he's in this kind of amazing sweet spot. So I'll give you an example on his Insta story. He's out at dinner with his band and Jack Antonoff and Jack Antonoff's fiance, Margaret Qua- Quayley. And, um, he, wait, they're engaged. Z- yeah, I know. Wow. There you go. And Zadie Smith, who I believe is an author. So they're at this, like, they're on a patio in London in the evening in d- dinner. He he points his uh, iPhone camera at uh, Jack Antoff. He goes, Jack, tell me your favorite Jew joke. And Jack, Jack's Whoa. Jewish. <laughs> yeah. And then and the Jack tells a Jew joke. And then Matt Healy goes, do you want to hear mine? And then he tells a Jew joke. Matt Healy's not even Jewish, but he doesn't give a fuck. And, and like, I was like, oh, did this make Pitchfork? Did this make the news that that Matt Healy's out at dinner telling Jew jokes, which to literally any other celebrity you, you probably couldn't do, but he just does it. And it's because he's established a rapport, I guess, that people know that he's sort of like a silly person and a bit of like wants to live in a comedian's lane while he's making very serious, heartfelt music. And I was just looking at his Insta story before we went on. And he said, people ask me about who my idols are. And it's a picture of David Bowie. It's like, but here's the real answer. 
Andy Kaufman, Norm McDonald, and the guy uh, Chris Skinner, who's the rapper Streets, oh, yeah. from, mm-hmm. or the Streets from from the UK. I remember streets. So it's just like, so I just I think that's a, uh, a pretty like unusual and sort of an admirable place to occupy because obviously like with the internet and any public people like you people take celebrities so seriously and celebrities are always getting hot water over things they accidentally say, but to be but to have carved that zone out for himself is so impressive. I don't know. I I, I highly recommend you check him out if on Instagram for nothing. Max, no other don't be saying controversial things on your Insta story. Let's not, you know, Matt Healy is occupying a space. I don't want to go on Insta one day and see you saying something nutty. I can't I can't be making uh, Jew jokes. I guess I could. I'm half Jewish. You're, you're, but, uh, yeah, maybe you can do that. But <laughs> yeah, the main thing is everyone needs to be doing the thing that they're comfortable doing and people like watching people doing things well comfortably like <laughs> yes. nathan fielder being uncomfortable is comfortable for him norm mcdonald pausing mm-hmm. for 30 seconds is comfortable for him and i think that is uh, yeah. the lesson we all learned today we can't be who we're not it's true yeah don't force it max um planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Speaking of celebrities, I have a little update for you. Uh, last time we talked, it was the Amsterdam. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Oh, yeah. Listen, okay. So first of all, to all of our listeners, as you know, I know it feels like I'm apologizing every episode of this podcast, but the truth is we have been incredibly busy. Max is always somewhere else in the world. Shane and I have been working on the show, as you guys know, if you've been listening. So we apologize and we sort of left you hanging because I feel like we recorded the episode. You were you were looking for an outfit. You were going to go to this big premiere uh, for the new mm-hmm. um, David O. Russell film starring Margot Robbie and uh, who's in it? Chris Rock and uh, Christian, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah. Washington's John in David it. Washington, yes. Rami Malek, et cetera. So, so it was a very exciting thing. We're like, tune in on the next episode and we'll hear how it went with Max. Uh, and so now this is the moment. Although I feel like it was even on Insta before that episode even came out. So mm-hmm. maybe it's old news, maybe it's not, but let's get the insider account. Max, walk it, walk us through it. I did like the suit you chose. That was nice. 
Thank you. Well, I was. It's funny though because I was feeling a little insecure because Budman, you know, Budman's a very sweet, sweet guy, uh, but he's a high roller. You know, like dudes hanging out with Drake all the time. It's like, I, you know, I thought the suit was cool, but it was from Zara. You know, and when you go to these red carpet events, it's like who knows how expensive you know everyone's outfit is. So I, uh, so I go to Budman. I'm talking to him on the red carpet. He's there. He's he's sort of like half paying attention, half not because he's literally like handling all the stars. And there's always like stuff happening that he is sort of responsible for so we're talking then he has to go run off and like talk to christian bale or margot robbie or rami malik those were the three main stars that were there then he comes back i'm like hey nice suit he's like nice suit yourself like where'd you get that zara i'm like fuck he knows he knows a cheap suit when he sees a cheap suit <laughs> i'm like fuck and then i'm like ah yeah yeah and then i was like you know when you do the things like am i gonna lie about it or just come come clean i'm like yeah 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 it's, it's zara and, and and then uh and then he goes dude I love Zara. It's the only thing I wear. I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah, my, my fiance, she's always buying me all this expensive shit. I hate it. I just go to Zara. So I'm like, he's like, can we take a photo? I was like, yeah. And so we took a photo and sent it to his fiance. Um, Zara is like my top shelf. I didn't know that was considered like uh, for rich people. I just, I just figured that if, if, if it's end. at every mall, it can't be that like high end, right? Shane, you like Zara? I like it. It's high style, but it's cheap quality oh wow okay well now we're really yeah. burning the bridge oh. on a potential sponsor no but they know that right like they're very like it's it's fast fashion i right, think right. Uh, yeah which fast is fashion controversial but. um so we, we take some photos on the red carpet uh it's very exciting yeah because because there's so many stars in the movie they're doing a premiere in new york that happened a few days before and drake was there because drake's an executive producer then the london premiere then the berlin then the paris and they're trying to get stars at each one because the cast is like so star heavy. So this, this premiere, it's Rami Malek is there, Christian Bale, um, and Margot Robbie are there. Those, those are like the big three. And the director, David Russell's there. David Washington. So we go to the theater. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he wasn't there. Oh. Uh, John David Washington wasn't there. Um, so we go into the theater. Denzel big- Washington, however, was also not there. Sorry, go on. <laughs> and um, it's uh, the pack theater. It's... Um, the the host of the night calls up. We'd like to invite the producer of the film, Matthew Budman, onto the stage. Matt comes up. So we're all fucking thrilled. He says, I want to introduce the director. David Russell comes up. David Russell introduces the stars that are there. Movie happens. It's really fun. I, I don't know how many premieres you guys have been to, but to be in the theater uh, with the stars there and that energy of, of a premiere was very fucking cool. And, uh, you know, it's a very rollicking film the the dialogue is great the chemistry between the, the stars are awesome and uh we had an awesome time it was a kind of a classic david russell movie so um th- but the other main reason why we're going there is because we want to go to this after party right because budman said there's gonna be a cool after party so uh we get invited it's called like the Chiltern firehouse um and we go in there and it's kind of like the cl- the coolest bar you've ever seen in london if you can think of like if you can imagine what the coolest like hip looking bar that isn't a converted firehouse that's what this place is and we're going through the back door through an alleyway and there's like paparazzi waiting there there's like literally like they know that's where the after party is going to be yeah and we get there and we're probably in a room i'm in a hotel room right now it's probably like the size of my hotel room right now it's like not a very it's like this back room in this bar and there's christian bale just hanging out in like one of the corner booths there's david or russell there's probably you know 25 people there um there is, uh, you know, there's Budman. He's working the room. So, you know, we're trying to talk to Margot Robbie, right? That's who we're trying to. <laughs> that was the mission from the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So then I go to the bathroom. 
and I, I have to go down an elevator. The, that someone stops me in the elevator and it's this, this woman and she's, she's very elegant and beautiful. I get chatting with her. Her husband owns the bar that or like built the bar that we're in. And also is an owner in like the Chateau Marmont in LA. And that's a very famous hotel yeah. in LA. So I'm just talking to this like beautiful, charming woman. She's like half Italian, half British. This is her spot. She's hosting this dinner. I'm like, this is great. So then um, at a certain, so we go back into the main room, still chatting with her. And at a certain, and at a certain point I see just over her shoulder, Rami Malik. Rami Malik's just standing there. Like he's literally three feet from me. <laughs> and Ash, Mandra Ash comes by and Mandra Ash is like giving me like, she, her eyes look really big and really excited. She's trying to get my attention. She's like, Max, 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 Max. and I'm thinking to myself, listen, I'm talking to this elegant, beautiful woman who owns this bar. I don't give a fuck about Rami Malik. Get out of here, Ash. I kind of shoo Ash away. <laughs> and then, and then out, and then out of the corner of my eye, who do I see leaving? Uh, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie had been working the room the entire time, like for the five minutes I was downstairs in the bathroom. And Ash was trying to get my attention to say hi to Margot Robbie. And, and then she was gone forever. And then I, I kind of wanted to be like, hey, bar, hey, the owner of woman. Get out of my face. You <laughs> fucked up my shit. Robbie, Go. come back. Robbie, <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you uh, missed your opportunity. I did. What yeah. were you going to so, say to her um, again? What was your opener? I, you know, actually, I had a, um, I, I had a, an idea. I don't know what you guys think about this idea. Because I, 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 it was going to be my line if I talked to any of the, the famous people. I was going to say, hey, I'm friends with Budman. What would you rate Budman out of 10 as a producer? You work with lots of producers. Give me the dirt. Give me the dirt on Budman. Because that feels like a more interesting question. Like if somebody was like, hey, Max, how's Eric Martin as a tour manager? He any good? I'm like, oh, this is an interesting question. No one thinks to ask me about like what I make of our sound guy or our tour manager or trumpet player. So I'm like, what I think of a colleague. I think that's an interesting in because she probably loves Budman and she'd probably like to talk about Budman. That, that was my instinct. What do you, what do you think of that uh, angle, Shane? I don't know. Initially, it didn't seem good, but maybe if you've had experience with it and it works, but it, people also don't like shit talking people. And if it seems like you're trying to get a scoop, <laughs> that might not go over well. I don't know. What no, do you but think? It, it would be said in a way that it wouldn't feel charming that way, max mode. OK, I would be yeah. terrified. There's a lot of producers on a film and I don't I, I, I don't I'm sure Budman is way up there and he's connected to all these people. Like you said, he hangs out with Drake, but I'd be terrified that I would be like on a scale of one to ten. How would you rate Budman? And then the star would get a blank look on their face. And then I would be like, mm. oh, like the producer on the film. I'm friends with him and he's cool. And now I'm trying to explain who the person is. But if you feel confident that he is friends with them and you saw them all, you know. But he spoke before the movie. So hopefully. Even oh, did, if he, they, did he? Did yeah. he make a speech? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. No, I, I have the feeling that Budman is is the connector. He's between, the guy. You know, the, he's the guy. He, he's the mensch. So uh, I think I think they would all like him. I, I would only ask that question if I thought like he wasn't like universally well liked, you know? Yeah, no, I, I you know what? Yeah, I like it. I, I like it. I, it's it's a different angle. And then it's like and also you're like now you've kind of brought up a mutual acquaintance or like friend. So it's almost like this we can be friends because yeah, we have a friend yeah. and it's 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 good. It's good. Did you talk yeah. to Bale? No. He was there with his wife and his daughter in the corner. Ew. Like I'd contemplated as they're kind of getting up to say hi, but I was like, what do I even say to Christian Bale? You know? Well, why not use the Budman line? 
Uh, I guess so. I guess I could have done that. I feel like Bud, uh, Bale's too intimidating, right? Don't you think? <laughs> okay, what about uh, Malik, who you don't even give a shit about? You must have had confidence <laughs> in the Rami Malik, <laughs> <laughs> Rami Malik was actually, he seemed, just from observing from afar, very uh, nice and in a good mood. He's very smiley, very energetic, very up. Like, even on the red carpet, he was, like, not too cool for school. He's taking photos with lots of people. He, he seemed to be a good vibe. So uh, he seems like a guy. I don't know what I would have said to him, though, either, you know? Yeah, we you could have remember we talked about that uh, that photo he did with Rachel Bilson from high school that he was upset about. Yeah, he oh yeah he didn't she posted it right and then he DM'd her it down? and said yeah. take it down. Yeah, you could have brought that up. I get that though. Yeah. yeah um, well, so I mean, so you didn't really end up talking to any of the celebs. I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but approaching celebs is just such a it's a weird dynamic. You know, you kind of got to be uh-huh. introduced or you're. You got to have an amazing sort of opening line, which I guess that's what we're trying to figure out. But I, I don't know. Could you approach a celeb? I had an interesting kind of conversation with who's the guy who played Commissioner Gordon in Batman? Oh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. So <laughs> I was at the premiere of The Master and he's sitting behind me. Olivia Munn's there, too, who uh, yeah. she's with that comedian you like. I right? know what you said. You said, old man, you look young, man. <laughs> you didn't say that? Oh, okay. No, I, I wish I had that material at the ready. <laughs> but Olivia Munn was making out with the guy who played, there was a RoboCop movie. So she's making out during the master the entire time. So the whole movie, I'm like fascinated by all everything going on. I was like, oh my God. Like oh, I'm seeing- I can't hear you, Shane. She's making out with who? Yes. He's not a name now, but I guess at the time it was, what, you know him? Is it, I think it's, is it the Australian guy? He was blonde. Oh, I th- there's like an Australian guy. I can't think of his name, but he played like McCoy in the Star Trek movie and he's now in The Boys. Is it the guy from The Boys? He might be in The Boys, but seven years ago he was starring in a, a Robocop right. movie that they did that ended up going nowhere and obviously she's not with him anymore. But Gary Oldman <laughs> was bes- behind me, directly behind me. I even have a picture because I, I tried to fake like I was taking a selfie and then I snapped a picture of Oldman. But the whole movie, I was distracted. I was thinking, imagine I talked to these people. What, what could I talk about? So movie ends and we're all just sitting there and no one knows if P.T. Anderson's going to come out and do a QA. and a because at the Toronto Film Festival, a lot of times the director will come out and answer a few questions or give a speech or something. So it's just me and Oldman sitting there and Oldman's like, is P.T. going to come out? And uh, he's just talking like to the abyss. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> w- will he come out? That Like, are we just going to sit here? And then Oldman's like, I guess we're just going to wait for a bit, I guess. And But we're having a conversation, <laughs> not directly talking to each other. It's like you're both stuck in traffic or waiting for an elevator to arrive <laughs> yeah. together. Yeah. So you bonded. But we're both looking forwards, not looking at each other. So he's only talking to the back of my head. But it was <laughs> thrilling. And uh, yeah, that was my uh, probably the the longest conversation I've ever had with a celebrity. That's awesome. It would have been funny if like, because you're straight ahead and he says it. So in theory, he could be anybody behind you saying like, you know, like, uh, is yeah. PT going to come out? And then you could be like, I don't know. And you could turn around like, holy fuck, it's Gary Oldman. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and the, seat, the seats I took were Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So ah. he got up at a weird point because I was sitting off to the side and then I just scooped his seats. So maybe he thought I was important. That's because I had that confidence to steal Gordon Levitt's seats. That's true. Yeah, um, guys. Um, so the uh, I, I haven't heard anything about the sketch show. Uh, we need a, a full proper episode about uh, Shane's return to work, the end of his work sabbatical, 
uh, how the last couple of weeks of filming went, but I have to go right now. So we're going to wrap this up. This is a nice 36 minute episode for the people. And we're going to be back on our, on our game plan, uh, immediately, uh, following this week. Right. Yeah. 36 minutes. It'll be a 25 minute episode once we edit out all the weird shit you did at that premiere. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no. Which I wish we could keep in because that was some salacious stuff. That was crazy what you did, man. You guys are fucking with me, right? right of there? course, yes. Max. You're the most gullible <laughs> person in the world. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. The suit did look awesome. I am a fan of Zara for the record if they do want to come on board as a sponsor. Uh, but yeah, this is it. That's it. Where are you going right now? What do you got to do? Why are you ditching us? Uh, we, we have a um, an acoustic performance Ooh. in Calgary Ooh. on top of the Calgary Tower. It's uh, it's it's a, for a radio station, X92.9 here. So contest winners got a chance to, uh, to see us uh, at the highest uh, point in Calgary. So that's what we're doing. Right Wonder now. how many people right now are plotting what they're going to say to you mm. if they happen to find themselves next to you. That's a good question. Um, You're there, Margot Robbie. Yeah. What's some? What's a good opener to say to you besides that whole producer bullshit that you're going to say about Budman? <laughs> what like what's a good opener as a fan? Um. All right, ooh. that's perfect. All right, we, we, <laughs> I mean, we lost the light. We'll leave it at the um. Yeah, I would just caution against reminding me of a time you met me in 2014 at a bar and go remember remember because <laughs> i won't remember that's it that's all that's our episode thank you so much to nathan ashburn all together thank you manager ash for all that she does and also she tried to get max and margo to say hi and max you know he blew that. i know yeah what could have been what could have been just gotta listen to manager ash that's the takeaway of this episode thank you so much good hang maybe the best Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.